We'd like to welcome you to our emergency health report for March 16th, 2020. And we're going to continue on here. This just broke. Uh, top lawyer Trump may destroy civil liberties with interstate, interstate travel ban. President reportedly considering state-to-state -state lockdown to deal with a growing COVID-19 threat. Now remember, he's only getting, he's getting his one big brother globalist you know, mouthpiece that he's getting from Big Pharma and Big Brother. So that's what he's typically going to go with, whatever he's being told to do. President Trump is preparing to announce an unprecedented interstate travel ban to combat coronavirus, according to constitutional lawyer Nam Pattis. Pattis joined the Alex Jones show on Sunday to reveal what his sources inside the Federalist Society told him that Trump is readying. And again, I, I heard this yesterday from a different source, that Trump is readying possibly an unconstitutional interstate travel ban to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus. The, the attorney said, I think this is a misplaced gesture on Mr. Trump's part, believing that if you lock the country down, the virus can't spread, Pattis said. It will create more panic. And what do you need to enforce something like that? Think about that. You need an overwhelming show of force around each and every border. I mean, if you're going to ban interstate travel... That means you're going to have to have troops stationed at every single exit or every place you get on to the interstate um, across the whole country. And there's interstates crisscrossing the whole country if you're going to just talk about interstates. How do you do that? I mean, you're talking about mobilizing. I, I don't even know how many troops that would actually take. But that would be, I, I can't believe that you, that if he did something like that, that we wouldn't be under medical martial law. Because I think that would go along with it. I don't see how you could keep them separate, is the whole point here. Uh, he says, um, what institution can do that? I don't know. I'd like to think this is not a prelude to martial law. But if you're going to have a rule that needs to be enforced, you need an enforcement agency. And I guess that would be the military. I think the president is panicking, he added. I think that there are forecasts of enormous numbers of deaths and the federal government has been caught unprepared. Pettis explained that the government's effort to keep the American public safe shouldn't be at the expense of our civil liberties. I'm not sure we want the government trying to make life risk-free by the suspension of our civil liberties, but I fear that many Americans have come to that point, Pettis said. People are saying such things as, I am preparing to sacrifice my privacy so long as I get more security. I guess the next step as we habituate ourselves to the loss of these things is, I guess now I'm prepared to sacrifice my liberty for the sake of life, uh, is where we're moving to. There was a time when the rallying cry of this country was, give me liberty or give me death. And I think we need to reconsider those words carefully, Pattis added. Such a, such a precedent could be used and abused by later administrations anytime a public health scare or a national emergency occurs. And it also gets us used to that concept. Well, okay, we'll suspend all of our liberties while we're in this crisis. We, we, that's fine. As long as, you know, Big Brother comes and saves us, that's, that's, um, that's what we need to be doing. Now, I'm no, I'm no fan of Ben Franklin. He was a member of the Hellfire Club and a high-level occultist. And, you know, when they ex ex excavated his house over in Europe, there was all kind of dead bodies underneath it um, that most likely he had, you know, 
butchered in some type of sacrificial thing. Most people at that level in, in high government or some high-level occultist or derivation of it, just, just like it is today, okay? I could do a gigantic study on ben, Benjamin Franklin, but he did say this quote, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And that's what we're talking about here. Um, but unfortunately, that's probably what, you know, the, the, the mindset for most of the people are going to be. They're going to give up whatever it takes in order to save their own hide. More recent headlines. Grocers cannot keep up with the demand for food. Stores repeatedly running out. Claim all Walmarts are to begin closing from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., even the superstores, so that they can restock. Uh, in Georgia, a man stabbed with a broken wine bottle over a case of water at Sam's Club. Really? I mean, it's not even gotten bad yet. Farm markets closed to virus craze. No clean food. Farmers in tears. Now, that's from Ice Age Farmer. These are all videos you can click on. Then another one he put out. No bread, no circus. Oh, they suspended all the sports. I mean, I don't know about any of you, all you all, but, you know, I contemplated suicide when I heard that. I mean, all the NBA and NHL and all the other ones, oh boy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through another day. I really don't. I, I'm Suicide is a viable option for me, I think, at this point. Sorry, a little, little sarcastic humor there. Um yeah, no bread, no circus. Spread word now of food shortages ahead. Then USA lockdown, catastrophic impact to farmers and ranchers, bank runs at scale. And then empty ports, supply chains are breaking down. Quarantine centers are pre-planned for California, Washington, and Oregon. Then empty shelves around the world, a huge opportunity. Uh, I don't know what that one's about. Maybe stock up on stuff. As the store, and then as the store shelves empty, it is time to get back to basics. Could you bake your own bread or feed yourself without a grocery store? Then the next report, this just came out hours ago. Breaking federal government to control and oversee grocery distribution with government-private sector partnerships. Walmart, Costco, Target, Kroger, top grocery stores, chains are deemed to be critical infrastructure. So again, now this is, this is where we're really going to get into a fascistic type of society where government comes in and controls the businesses and takes them over because they're deeming them critical infrastructure but that's a big gigantic tenet of fascism okay and uh, the u.s federal government is in the planning stage of implementing a plan to protect and control grocery distribution across the united states via public private partnerships with top grocery chains such as walmart kroger heb in texas Target, Costco, etc. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Dave Hodges just put out a video on something going on with Texas and HEB. That we we were that was something going on there. Um, so anyway, Costco high level sources now tell Natural News the effort is being made to ensure smooth delivery of food supplies to the public. As a coronavirus lockdown is about to commence on a regional basis, and food supplies are necessary. But can you imagine what is that going to escalate? Well, it's going to escalate into military at the start, at the head of the stores, demanding. I don't know if at first it'll be your ID, or then some type of whatever. Eventually, some type of thing showing you've been vaccinated. That will it will come to that eventually. 
whether it's this crisis or some other down the road, but it's getting you prepared and into that mindset of show me your papers wherever you go. You can't go out on the interstate. You can't travel outside your home. And if you are, there's going to be checkpoints everywhere. And this is being done all for your safety. No, that is a lie from the pit of hell. It's being done to lock us down and get us into that new world order mindset where, we'll, 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 where we will accept our slavery and our servitude and be good little brown shirt Nazis and do as we're told. That's what they want to ingrain into our minds right now. That mindset. I'm telling you, that's why they're doing this. Uh, the last sentence again, the effort is being made to ensure the smooth delivery of food supplies to the public as a coronavirus lockdown is about to commence on a regional basis and the food supplies are necessary to prevent social unrest, lawlessness and looting all under this, you know, guise of, you know, being they're good guys. They're doing this because they're trying to protect us. Natural news has learned of this plan, which we are told is in the final stages of being completed with some measure of rollout to begin as early as just a few days from now and at least one region of the country. Now, what I would tell you is if you, whatever you might need to shore up on your preps right now, I would tell you to do it as soon as you can at this point because literally between now and I would say at the latest, the end of the week, we're probably going to start seeing some really draconian stuff go down. And... You're gonna, you might be in a position where you can't get out anymore to, to do what you intended to do. But we were also told that we got the attention of the administration when I appeared on Alex Jones two weeks ago, uh, this is Mike Adams, and delivered prediction numbers that closely match the classified number the CDC and the HHS already had, none of which had been released to the public. This caused alarm in certain circles, we were told, because the CDC thought they had a leak to natural news, which apparently would end the world at the CDC, they later concluded that we had reached the same conclusions based on mathematical models, not any leak. I can confirm that nobody from the CDC has leaked us anything. The reason we have arrived at the same numbers is because I can do the math as a scientist. I understand principles of epidemiology and exponential spread. My pandemic projection spreadsheet has accurately predicted all the recent deaths with near perfect accuracy. By the way, and I released it publicly on March 9th, revealing all the math behind the calculations. So, yeah, um, we're probably going to see troops on the streets guarding these stores. And that's why I'm saying, I don't know how much time we have left, but whatever you can get, if you're any, you know, women, you, you might, you need to think about the feminine products. You know, you have those, do you have things that are going to be able to get you through the, I mean, a month or two at least, at bare minimum, there's just things to think about, you know. And that's one that I, you know, is important. Now, Bible verses regarding prepping. Uh, and I went over these before. I'm just going to hit them again for any new, new listeners and just to understand where I'm kind of coming from. If we have wisdom, we should prepare for this like God instructed Joseph to do. Now, I understand you can't prepare like this right now if you've never prepped at all. Because Joseph... Um, it was, God warned them a long time before it actually kicked in. Okay. Uh, essentially, um, I mean, God gave them a gigantic heads up seven plenteous years. God gave them. Okay. Now I've been warning my, my listeners for longer than that about this eventual scenario that we're moving into. 
Genesis 41, 34, let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and, um, and take up a fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, meaning when they had seven really good crop yields. God instructed Joseph to do this, and he was like the one that implemented this in Egypt. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and let them keep the food in the cities. They had some way, probably grain silos or some type of thing, in order to preserve the food. And that food shall be stored to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. So, okay, this is, this is prepping, okay? This is a seven-year heads up of prepping that God instructed Joseph to do. Had Joseph not done this, then the land would have perished, okay? Now, then we have Revelation 6, 5. Now, this is into the tribulation period, but again, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24 that there's going to be plagues and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, and this is part of that, leading up to and into the tribulation period. So this is in the end of the tribulation, Revelation 6, 5, and when he had opened the third seal, and I heard the third beast say, come and see, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, you could read over that and say, what does that mean? A penny? That's what? Okay. You have to look at what the underlying meaning of the word means. Okay. So what does a measure mean? A measure of wheat. What does a measure mean? Measure is derived from the word chonix, the Greek word chonix, in the Bible, a dry measure consisting of essentially less than a quart or as much as would support a man of moderate appetite for a day. So it's what you would require, a man of moderate appetite would require as one day of food. Okay. What does a penny mean? Because that's not what it means today. A penny is derived from the Greek word denarion, which is a silver, a Roman silver coin in New Testament times called a denarius. It was the principal silver coin of the Roman Empire. From the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, it would seem that a denarius was the ordinary pay for a day's wages. So a penny was the ordinary pay for a whole day's wages. So when the Bible says in Revelation 6.6, 6, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and wine, what it's saying is that it's going to cost you a whole day's wages just to eat. And that's just to get the basic thing of wheat in this particular case or barley. That's not including anything else. Cost you a whole day's just to get the wheat or the grain required to, let's say, make the bread. So that's how expensive food is going to be in the tribulation period and we're moving into that time period we're talking a lot about that today uh, then we go to proverbs 10 5 he that gathereth in summer is a wise son well we've had a long time to gather this is really the reality of it okay Unless, I mean, you know, unless you're just totally new to the game and you never knew about any of this. Now, granted, I understand not everybody's in the same situation. I don't want to condemn anybody. 
or whatever, but he that gathereth in summer or basically in harvest is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. So in other words, if you were in a position where you knew you should do this a long time ago and you didn't, or you know, you're, you're not you're not putting yourself in a good position with God, I believe, is what this is saying. Because he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. What do ants do? Well, they work, and they work, and they work. Okay. And they bite, too. Sorry. But, Consider her ways, be wise, which have no guide or overseer or ruler, provideth her meat, meaning meat means food, in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. So they have food for the cold months. These are all things that are expressed in a very positive way in the Bible. Proverbs 22.3 A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. 1 Timothy 5.8 But if any provide not for his own, and especially of they, of, for those of his own house, provide, okay, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So providing for your own, I think that's that's clear enough. Now that also means providing defense and security. The whole compass, if you look at the root word, the, the root meaning of that word. So it, it's a serious matter with God. You know, if you were a man over your own house and you saw this coming, you did nothing and you, you know, you could have over the years done something. The Bible says he had denied the faith and was worse than an infidel. So, I mean, I don't mean to like condemn anybody. I'm just saying that's what the Bible says. Proverbs 10, 2 and 3. The treasures of wickedness profit nothing. But righteousness delivereth from death. Proverbs, and then the next verse, The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. Just things to think about. Proverbs 22.9, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. What does that mean? Well, the, it defines it in the second part of the verse. For he giveth of his bread to the poor. The Bible, a lot, a lot of connections with giving to the poor and then not suffering famine or not suffering hunger or lack when things get bad, okay? So you might not have been in a position where you could do a lot of storing, but you were giving to the poor or you were trying to, you know, well, I'm not saying God can't protect you or take care of you. So everybody's situation is different, Okay. Proverbs 28, 27. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. So a lot of this is how you've treated people in the past and where you've put your money as far as who you've given to. I mean, I shudder to think these people that have just given their money to build 501c3 gigantic edifices where they've got like no... Um, uh, like the, the the littlest department in the church is um, the benevolent part where you give to the poor or missions or stuff like that. They don't give any, they just, they hoard it and, and the preachers are driving really nice cars and they're flying around in jets and stuff like that. Ooh, you're sowing your money into bad ground. I'm telling you, 
that don't expect to get some kind of blessing on your life if you're putting if you're and i really believe in the in the whole concept of reaping and sowing if you're if you're sowing into bad ground don't expect to get a good harvest um again i'm not saying that because i'm trying to condemn or come down on anybody or judge people about that i'm just saying you got to think about this stuff because the bible talks about that we'll all have to go before the judgment seat of christ and give an account essentially of our lives and you know that's one of the things god's going to look at where did you where did you put your your funds where did you sow your seed so you could sow your seed in missions your physical labor you can go and do mission work or help the poor and do things without people being like being seen of men. The Bible says, verily have your reward if you do it to be seen of all men. That's another concept in there. And you could have sown into righteous ministries um, or maybe, you know, like a lot of people, they gave to Kenneth Copeland in, in his, you know, helped him get his fleet of jets off the ground. That Satanist and Luciferian Kenneth Copeland or the Satanist or Luciferian Benny Hinn or Creflo give me a dollar and these types of ones that are just, you know, are these televangelists that are just after the money and stuff. I'm just, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm giving you good biblical advice here. Maybe not real popular, but I think I'm giving you pretty good advice. Now, is God sending judgment on the land? Okay, well, let's look at Ezekiel 14, 12. The word of the Lord came unto me again, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out my hand upon it, and I will break the staff of bread, meaning famine, that's what that means in the King James, and I will send famine upon it, and I will cut off man and beast from it. So I'm just going to read you some headlines from some of my most recent newsletters I've put out. Uh, California to exempt LGBTQP pedophile child rapists from the sex offender registry if they are not more than 10 years older than their victim. Okay, so California's going to do that. Is that not grievously sinning against the land and against God? Well, doesn't God say he's going to bring a famine? He's going to break the staff of bread over such a nation as this? Then... Um, sick. Two major Minnesota cities announced holiday celebrating abortion. Then lawsuit. Wisconsin schools had secret plan to turn kids trans, trans without parental consent. Uh, then actress screams pride at aborting her baby because it helped her career. I mean, you could go one after another after another. Okay, so I'm, I'm going, I'm looking at another newsletter I put out. Uh, California wants to exempt LGBT child rapists from the check sex offender registry, of course, because wherever it's most wicked in the country, they're going to start increasingly protecting the most wicked, vile behavior you can possibly imagine. Okay, then uh, Christian witches to host annual convention in Salem over Ishtar or Easter weekend. Easter is a pagan holiday. Just key in Easter in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com or Christmas or Valentine's Day. I've done studies in all of these. They're all wicked and pagan. Uh, then convention of Christian witches to gather in Salem on Easter Sunday to use the Bible for casting spells. Yeah, that's that. I mean, it's not too bad, right? Right? Here it shows these Christian witches. 
A group of Christian witches will be holding their annual convention on Easter in Salem, Massachusetts, which is an absolute total hotbed for witches. Um, the gathering of witches, sorcerers, and sorceresses, wizards, warlocks, necromancers, and readers, and like-minded magical beings is being organized by Reverend Valerie Love, a.k.a. Cassie. Scheduled for April 12th, and it will coincide with a Christian holiday of Ishtar, which it should, because Ishtar is a pagan holiday. 100% pagan. Requires um, some type of, I think it's a human sacrifice on Ishtar. Yeah. The reason I call it Ishtar is because it, it's celebrating the goddess Ishtar. Okay? That's why they call it Easter. It's a derivation of Ishtar. And it's only, you can only determine Easter through astrology it's the second sunday i believe after the pagan holiday ostara and the only way you can determine any of it is through astrology now if it really was when christ rose again wouldn't it be on the same date every year like someone's birthday no it, it can it can vary up to a month because it's determined through astrology it has nothing to do with the resurrection of jesus christ but see the catholic church came along back in um, around 400 AD and said, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on here. We're gonna, we need to appeal to the pagans and we need to appeal to the Christians and we wanna bring them all under the fold of the mother whore church, Catholicism, which was in its infancy, formed around 318 AD. We wanna, we wanna bring them all under our wings and we wanna appeal to the pagans and we wanna appeal to the Christians. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take all these pagan holidays that are celebrated and we're going to quote, Christianize them and put this fake Christian veneer on them, and then try to con the Christians out there into accepting it. Now, the pagans will already know, and they'll feel comfortable coming in because they were already celebrating those pagan holidays anyway. But now we're going to Christianize them, bastardize them, and try to con the Christians into coming in and thinking that this is a Christian thing. And that was all satanic. Christmas was known as Saturnalia. It was the birth of the sun god Tammuz. Not the birth of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ could have never been born in December. Just the way that it's written in the Bible, where the shepherds were out in the field and things of this nature, it would have been too cold in December. It's not when he was born. It's most likely, I believe, what, like the end of September in that area? I don't know, I've done studies on it. So yeah, this is scheduled for April 12th. 10th through 12th it will coincide with the, and this is we should be praying against this i mean april 10th through 12th the the uh which is the gather in salem massachusetts which is the biggest hotbed witchcraft place where you know they had the salem witch trials and all that other stuff it's an absolute total absolute stronghold for witchcraft i heard if you're a christian and you go there and you try to go out in the street they know you're a christian and they will follow you they can smell christian blood from what I've been told, high-level occultists can smell Christian blood. They can see in the spirit world. They got the third eye open. They know you're a Christian. I'm just telling you. I would love to mm, go there and engage. Mm. Schedule for April 10th through 12th. It will coincide with the Christian holiday of Ishtar and feature elements of witchcraft as well as christian prayers yep now the bible says if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do well you think the foundation here might be a little corrupt corrupted 
How can a, a fountain yield both fresh and salt water? How can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit? It can't. None of it can be so. It's been defiled. It was corrupt from the beginning, just like the Catholic Church was corrupt from the beginning, and it will always be defiled. Any false religion, that's the case. But um, it's perfect that they're coincident with, with the uh, pagan holiday of Ishtar and featuring elements of witchcraft as well as Christian prayer. This um, Valerie Reverend, and the Bible says, the only time only mentions the word reverend one time in the Bible, and it says, holy and reverend is he, referring to God. Reverend is not a biblical title for a human being. The Bible only uses it one time, the King James, and it's only in reference to God. So calling yourself reverend, especially if you're a woman, you have no right to be a, a pastor because the Bible says the pastor should be the husband of one wife. Sorry, the, the deacon, the bishop, the elder, they're all to be the husband of one wife, okay? Not the wife of one husband. There's no biblical grounds for a woman being a pastor or a, God forbid, nobody's for, for a reverend, not, not man or woman. Or an elder or a deacon. Sorry, I know that's not politically correct, but go go do my uh, study on what women can do for the Lord. Just key in women and you'll find it. I, all I give you is Bible. I've never had anybody, I've never had anybody come back to me and be able to refute that study. It's just all what the Bible says. And again, I'm not doing it um, to try to offend people, but am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Yeah, most of the time. When you tell someone the truth, they'll you become their enemy. Oh well, my life's not a popularity contest. On her website, Love claims to have been born a witch. Well, she probably had tons of familiar spirits and, and evil spirits, and she probably was born with those. She probably was from a generational line of witchcraft, and, and I could believe that. I'm not disputing that. I'm not saying she was born a witch, though, but she had those spirits in her for sure, most likely. And as a child, she saw spirits and commune with otherworldly entities. Yes, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end of, of, of the ways of death. They're called familiar spirits in the Bible for a reason. Because they are disembodied spirits of people that died before you. And they can imitate and act just like other people they inhabited long before you ever lived. And they can appear, and that's the whole thing with ghosts and all this paranormal stuff about people communicating with seances and stuff like that. All they're doing is communicate with some disembodied familiar spirit of some dead person that was on the earth most likely unsaved dead person and they're just they're just imitating them it's a counterfeit that's all they are so she saw spirits and commune with otherworldly entities she also claims to be a practicing christian witch you know that's a lot like the trend i saw years ago of christian pornography i think we should combine christian witchcraft and christian pornography in one ministry you know really i mean like if you're gonna do it do it right go all the way you know don't hold back. I mean, obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but, you know. Where does it end? Where does it end? She claims to be a practicing Christian witch and founded the Covenant of Christian Witches Mystery School. Which she claims is a sol solemnic tradition. And it's all women. All women doing this. I don't see any men at all. In an Instagram post, Love stated the book of Psalms is really a book of spells. Well, I've, I've prayed the book of Psalms, Psalm 64, and I know it's repelled a lot of witchcraft. It's not spells. It's just the word of God. It's just the word of God.
And the Bible says in Micah uh, 5.11, I will destroy the sorcery you practice and, and you shall have no more soothsayers. And again, the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And witches, just like the Sodomites, just like the men burning after men and women burning after women, were commanded, you take them out and you stone them to death because they were defiling the land by what they were doing. Men burning, men sodomizing men, women with women, it defiled the land. A woman with a beast or a man with a beast, it defiled the land. You took them out, you killed the, the animal and the man or the woman. You killed the witch or the witch. Why? Because if you didn't do it, you were you were defiling the land by the type of sin they were practicing. It was a it was a different classification of sin. It wasn't just like okay, I like you know didn't keep the Sabbath fully or whatever. Or I did some. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like a normal low level sin. It was a different classification because the punishment was so severe. Um, I'm just looking at this. You devil! Unbelievable. The, the convention will include lectures on the magical practice in the Christian witchcraft, witchcraft tradition. A cemetery walk, which is always good. Tarot cards. Psalmistry, uh, which is all under the classification of divination. And again, divination was punishable by death in the Old Testament. Now, I'm not saying you do that now, but I'm saying in the Old Testament, it was punishable by death. It defiled the land. Whenever a righteous king in the Old Testament did that was which was right in the sight of God, and he was fully going to the letter of the law, he would always go in and kill all the witches and all the ones that worship Baal in the high places. He would tear down the high places, he would tear down all the idolatry, he would kill all those types of priests or the witches. That, those were the kings that did that which was right in the sight of God in the Old Testament. Okay, so sorry, but that's what that's the way they did it. There will be a Harry Potter themed costume party. The witches convention will culminate with a church service on Sunday. I'm sure that this isn't gonna make God angry or anything, right? Nah, this isn't gonna make her. On her personal website that focuses on personal enlightenment, Love also offers coaching programs for an investment of five to fifty thousand dollars. That's all it's gonna cost you to get her wisdom. Can you imagine if I'd said something like that? Can you imagine? Well, I'm going to impart my wisdom to you. It's only going to cost you a cool five grand at bare minimum. That just gets you in the door. That just gets you in the door. That's entry level garbage. If you really want the secret stuff, it's going to cost you 50 grand. Sorry. You know. But uh, I'm worth it. You know. Can you imagine? But, you know, a lot of televangelists basically do the same thing. Yeah, she also holds seances, which is kind of neat, where you just talk to devils and demons that are masquerading as dearly departed loved ones. Absolute total con job. Despite, despite Love's claim that witchcraft can coexist with biblical-centered existence, the, the Bible explicitly prohibits witchcraft in two separate places. Um, and again, this isn't King James. You shall not tolerate a sorceress. Okay. And uh, a man or a woman that has a familiar spirit shall be put to death. They shall be pelted with stones. Their blood guilt shall be upon them. Leviticus 20, 27. Okay, that's not King James, but you get the, the gist of it. Uh, the other one was Exodus 22, 17. And then the one, the verse in Micah, Micah 5, 11. I mean, you know, where, where does it end? 
where, where, where does all of this insanity end? And I, I didn't really mean to get off on this rabbit trail, but um, I'm trying to prove you the point that what we're seeing right now, if it is God's judgment, there's nothing we're going to be able to do to stop it. Nothing. And we deserve it. A hundred thousand abortions every day going on worldwide. We always talk about there's 4,000 a day. And it's really weird. That whole 60, was it like, I don't know, 60 million abortions since Roe versus Wade. That number's never went up. It's always stayed at 60 million. For, I can, as long as I can remember, it's been 60 million. I don't think that's even remotely accurate. I don't even know what it is. And here's another thing. Go, go to my bib, biblical sexual or um, contraception study I did. You might want to go to the biblical sexual prohibitions too because that's a real enlightening one. Um, but the one I did on contraception, how most of the contraception out there, like the pill, the patch, um, well, the morning IUD or whatever that morning after pill, that's just an abortion and a pill, but the pill, the patch, yeah, the Nova ring or whatever, most of those are potentially abortifactive. Meaning one of the ways they work in the body, if you will really read how they work, is through an abortion. Meaning the fertilized, the egg gets to the fertilized egg, but it can't implant into the uterus because the pill or the patch or whatever hormonal birth control you're using does not create an environment in the uterus that is conducive for a successful implantation of a fertilized egg. So what happens? Well, if you believe that life begins at conception and the bible says to jeremiah he said before i formed thee in the womb i knew thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations before so it certainly begins at conception right because he knows us before conception well if that's the case and you're creating an environment where the uterus cannot sustain a successful implementation of a fertilized egg then that's an abortion right i think it's the same thing how many more dare i say billions of abortions have occurred in this country since they started introducing birth control in that way hormonal based birth control that women take typically how many more billions because i would venture to say that far 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 exceeds any abortions that have occurred in abortion clinics which are bad enough but the, the from the statistics i've seen a hundred thousand every day worldwide i'm talking all the abortion clinics because don't all the babies count or is it just american babies that i mean doesn't innocent blood defile the land well okay if that's a hundred thousand every day and um, and all the women on hormonal birth control, uh, isn't that probably the most nearest and dearest thing to God's heart that would probably trump every other thing that I'm talking about? Probably. Well, if we go back to Ezekiel 14, 13, son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, like a hundred thousand abortions every day. And then you add on top of that, just all the ones that are taking place inside the womb by women on birth control potentially i'm not saying every single time i'm saying potentially then will i stretch out my hand upon it and i will break the staff of bread thereof we've we've gotten every we've been set up in every single way 
right now to have the staff of bread broken off the land. And I will send famine upon it, and I will cut off man and beast from it. Hmm. Then the next verse. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, meaning if they were in the land, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. Meaning he's not going to, nobody else is going to survive. Nobody. Because only them by their own righteousness is God going to deliver. Or if I send a pestilence in the land, which is what we're talking about here, plagues and pestilences and coronavirus 19 or whatever, bio-made weapon, and pour out my fury upon it, in blood to cut it from to cut it from man and beast to, to cut off from man and beast though noah daniel and job were in it as i live saith the lord god they shall deliver neither son nor daughter they shall they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness what i'm asking you is have we arrived at this point here i don't know i don't know but i can't really imagine that what I just described to you about the abortion industry and Christian witchcraft and the pornography industry and all kind of other stuff I didn't get into and all the abortions going on in the women, the women's own bodies, I can't really imagine um, what was going on back in the Old Testament being worse than that. How They didn't have that kind of technology back then to even conceive of that and again this is why the bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because most people don't understand what i just said most people don't understand that the word sodomy they just think men with men but sodomy has actually long been known just to be an unnatural sex act between men and women that includes oral sex that includes a lot of you know things outside the boundaries of normal sex but i'm telling you in the old um from times past that was a commonly known thing and i've done a whole study on that too biblical sexual prohibitions now does that mean i think i'm mr perfect and i'm i'm walking around sinless perfect? no no i'm just telling you i'm just telling you what i found i'm telling you things that were commonly known 100 years ago when things were a lot from a moral standpoint a lot better i'm not saying they were perfect but you got to go out of your way to find this stuff now it's just not readily available you know it's just not it's it's you're not going to find it in the churches i'm, I'm sorry but it's not going to happen most likely um all right so going further it's all fake chinese officials heckled by residents on visit to wuhan top chinese official has been heckled by residents as she inspected the work of a neighborhood committee tasked with summer with taking care of residents quarantine because of coronavirus vice premier sun chulan toward a residential community in Quizlan district of Wuhan on Thursday, while the residents appeared to shout, fake, fake, it's all fake, and we protest from their apartment windows. Meaning, she was going through there, because Taylor had been seeing stuff up, and they were like, oh yeah, it's recovering, and they're doing good, and they're starting to whatever, and, and the thing is, is they're doing this photo op fake thing through Wuhan, people are still like welded into their apartment buildings, and they're screaming at this lady down below, I could, I was going to play it for you, but it's like, you're not going to understand because it's in Chinese, but you can see the gist of what's going on here. I give you the link. You can watch it for yourself. So that's what's going on over there. And then 
China is censoring coronavirus stories. These citizens are fighting back. And again, they're speaking in Chinese, but you can watch a whole video here of them talking about, no, it's not good. It's it, We're not recovered. They're lying to you. You know, I'm seeing a lot of that stuff, but it's propaganda. It's just like what our media does, but the Chinese are masters of propaganda. Okay, so then we go further and 666 Fox News attacks colloidal silver. Um, the WHO, the FDA, and the CDC say, we are your friends, they are liars. So I'm just going to play this very brief video here. Hey, very fast. It's the 8th of March, 2020. I wanted to share this with you very quickly. It's just insane. I was just fellowshipping with some people. Um, and they weren't aware of the benefits of colloidal silver. So, you know, I gave them some silver. We hooked them up with how to use it and told them that, you know, if this virus thing starts getting out of hand, spray it on your face and your nostrils and nebulize it into your lungs. And it works. It's been clinically it's sprayed on the masks to the inside and the outside. Now, I, I like to do it with the thieves blend as well. If you're going to go that route, because that that's going to give you a whole other level of protection. Um, I haven't heard any heard anybody talk about treating the inside and the outside of the masks and your face, you know, and, and maybe putting some fifty part per million silver eye drops in your eyes to protect your eyes because it can get in through the eyes. Now you should be wearing eye protection in that environment as well because it can get into through the eyes or the or the um, nasal passages or the or the mouth by breathing it in. Lab proven that colloidal silver eliminates coronavirus. This is how horribly wrong our system is now because they even admit this. You know, it's been tested on other strains of coronavirus and has been able to eliminate it within 12 hours. But the World Health Organization said there's no known FDA approved. Now, let that sink in. FDA approved. This is your loving government medicine or vaccine able to prevent or treat COVID-19 at this time. <laughs> they are lying right yes. to your face. Yes. And then these people, perhaps you just watch. I mean, these talking head reptilian devils that are, are the news anchors or whatever. I mean, yeah, we're going to believe them because they would never, ever deceive us or lie to us in any way, shape or form. And Trump's just parroting whatever, you know, they're basically saying as well regarding this evangelist Jim Baker. New York State has now ordered him to stop selling a supposed cure for the coronavirus. You might remember. Now, then they had a little caption that Big Pharma pays my salary. Yeah, because they run all the ads on all the news programs and on CNN and all the stuff. Big Pharma pays their salary. So they've got a total hidden agenda. Now, I'm no fan of, of Jim Baker, okay, at all in any stretch, way, shape, or form. But what I'm saying here is that this is, they're, they're using... They're using this to demonize all colloidal silver, and they're using his past to demonize it as well. In other words, oh, if you think colloidal silver does anything, you're no, you're no better than that wicked, corrupt televangelist guy that got that got busted um, decades ago. And here's a picture of him from decades ago being like, you know, taken off in the paddy wagon and his and the whole ministry going down, and then he made this resurgence or whatever. Now he's just back to his same old tricks, basically. In the 1980s, Baker hosted the popular Praise the Lord Club with his then-wife, Tammy Faye. 
1989. Yeah, perfect. Demonize colloidal silver and Christians in one shot because we're going to lump all Christians and all colloidal silver in with bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's horrible. So that's what they want to do. And, and this is what they are doing. And he was convicted of fraud for claims he made on that show. Now Baker has been selling the, quote, silver solution for $125 on his website. Uh, the New York Attorney General. I'd really like to know how much part per million that is because $125, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, how much that is or whatever, but again, that is, um, it's probably a very low part per million selling at that price. I worked with a company, um, Utopia Silver and the, I had, this was before I, I found out about Invive and he told me, he was joking to me one day, it was 20 part per million. It's the same as Meso Silver. Um, or a lot of the other, it's the same, basically the same company. And, um, and they've went out of their way to demonize and vibe because it was too much competition. But anyway, the guy joked to me, he says, I have more money in the bottles and the styrofoam packaging than I have at all in, in the colloidal silver we have in the thing. There's, we hardly have any in there. It's, it's, you know, it's basically like a joke. And the thing is, is it was so unstable that when I stopped using it, before the year was out, it had all fallen to the bottom of the of the jar because it was so unstable. Invive Silver has bottles that are 25 years old. The company started in 1993, so over 25 years old, and they're still perfectly good to this day because it's so stable because of what they call the molar ratios upon which it was made. And an MD was the one that stabilized it, and he said God told him how to do it. That MD was also assassinated, okay? So that's, I believe God led me to that product, and there's been a lot of confirmation from the very, very first day I found out about it all the way up until now. And so, uh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I sent a cease and desist letter saying that there are no known cures for the coronavirus, so stop uh, telling people to spend 120 Of course, because the only cure that there is is a vaccine. That's it. Don't do anything to boost your, boost your own immune system. Wash your hands a lot. Use social distancing, and those are good things. But then they commingle it with the vaccines. The only way it's really, and yeah, it's going to have a microchip in it, sure. And yeah, it's going to alter your own DNA. And yeah, you're not, probably not going to be fully human anymore. But those are the, those are the breaks. That's the price you got to pay. You know what I mean? It's no big deal. No big deal. You'll love it. Dollars. I mean, it's stuff. really hard to imagine something more shameless than trying to prey on people. like lying actors like you shameless that work for the big medical pharma cartel and are and are actually totally pushing satan's agenda and they want to commingle and just demonize all christians and all colloidal silver just because of one guy yeah kind of shameless like that yeah that's what who are scared who are worried about their families and their family's health during a pandemic like this really a bunch of baloney yeah, of course. It's, it's colloidal silver is just junk science and there's no truth to it. But we don't have an immune system. And vitamin C has no impact on it and zinc doesn't and vitamin D3, even though there's been tons of study proving that. There's never been any safety studies on the vaccines, though. No, no. Any, any honest, real studies show that they're actually killing agents of killing us and they've got all kind of foreign garbage in them that I'm going to get into in a little bit. But that's fine. That's good. There's, there's no problem with any of that. And just see, there's no shame. Because they know they're reading a script. You can just see it in them. Because they're reading teleprompters and they know they're lying to you. But this is just crazy. And of course, they got to pick Jim Baker, a quote Christian. I don't suggest or recommend Jim Baker to anyone, just so you know. They got to pick someone with the label of Christian. 
to bring this out and to demonize colloidal silver. I am living proof that colloidal silver absolutely kills coronavirus. You're talking with someone who was totally cured of pneumonia through colloidal silver alone. Nebulizing colloidal silver within three to four days, I was up walking around gaining energy and eating. They're lying to you. <coughs> I'm telling you that colloidal silver works. Okay, I'm going to get into the whole how you nebulize it in a little bit here. I'm running out of time here on the second part, so I'm trying to get as much in as I can here. Uh, then I had a listener sent me this. I've seen this come up a lot lately. This is my reply to a listener. The coronavirus by itself, that word coronavirus, is typically the common cold, okay? The COVID-19 coronavirus is a bioengineered weapon. It's a big difference. So she sent me a picture of, I don't know, it was a can of Lysol or something, and it says right on the back, what does it kill? And it says human coronavirus, okay? So, okay, my reply coronaviruses are and again this is from a source coronaviruses are a group of related viruses that cause diseases in mammals and birds in humans coronaviruses cause respiratory tract infections that are typically mild such as some cases of the common cold that's the most common coronavirus is the common cold okay among among other possible causes uh which are predominantly rhinoviruses now that word means nasal rhino nasal Okay, so nasal infections and common colds, your most common coronaviruses, although the rare forms can be lethal. So it's a form of it, um, such as SARS, MERS, and COVID-19, which are mostly all biological weapons created in a laboratory by design. COVID-19 has HIV, AIDS inserts into it. And I've got into this in previous studies. I mean, it's totally something that would never occur in nature on its own. According to a paper by a pair of Chinese scientists, who, according to a group called Harvard to the Big House, have since deleted their online profiles, it appears as though the virus has been manufactured. According to a preprint of their research paper published by Botoxos, Ya, yeah, and whatever, the possibility origins, the possible origins of the 2019 N coronavirus, uh, in summary, somebody was entangled with the evolution of this. 2019 and coronavirus in addition to its origins of natural recombination in an intermediate host the killer coronavirus probably originated from a laboratory in wuhan yes a level four bio laboratory that was like two miles away from the supposed fish market where it originally started they just happened to have a bio level four lab there yes it was released there and then they had all been vaccinated ahead of time and then they just were ramping up the 20,000 5g base stations they had tons of pollution they're all crammed in there like sardines and it was the perfect test ground for this to happen um i just got this this week i mean i, I i'm getting all these things and i just put it in here um a lady a listener that just ordered she said, I'm such a believer in the Vive 5,000 part per million. I use it for so many things, most recently a tooth infection. And um, another listener said, great news. I already feel a difference in my body from just a week and a half of using the supplements. I believe I'd sent her like a protocol, which, you know, I, the protocols I've been recommending for this to ramp your immune system up ahead of time, like the, the vitamin C and the zinc and the selenium. Um, I'm telling everyone I know about the vitamin C and the silver, but 
my sense but my sincerity to warn others is met with a dismissive attitude now this is to christians this is where she's getting the dismissive attitude particularly with my pastor and fellow churchgoers typical this makes me so sad pastors are telling their flocks that preparing is an act of fear now i just gave you all the bible verses on that didn't i but evidently those bible verses don't apply to this situation at all we're just fear-mongering because we shouldn't prepare at all we if we see the evil coming we shouldn't prepare at all we should just let it overtake us we shouldn't warn anybody either like the bible says in ezekiel 3 and 33 that if you see the sword coming to the city and you warn not the city then their blood will be on your hands a pastor's role is the the um the shepherd of the flock theoretically okay isn't a shepherd's job to protect the sheep isn't that his primary job but the bible says that the shepherds nowadays because all i have to do is look at the 501c3 church to know this overall that they're not true shepherds because they have no real love for the sheep because the true shepherd jesus christ laid down his life for the sheep gladly okay that's how you know if if you're willing to give your life for somebody if you really love them okay but it says these shepherds have no no true love for the flock because they're hirelings they're doing it for the money the hire therefore they abandon the sheep or they don't they, or they don't warn them well no if i said that i might i might cause a little too much of an up uproar oh it's better that they all die and they're and they're totally unprepared it's much better pastor you're right <laughs> what what am i saying i'm not saying all pastors are like that i'm saying a lot of them a ton okay pastors are telling their flocks that preparing is an act of fear if i wasn't re reading the word of god for myself i might have believed the nonsense Oh, how quickly they forget that Joseph interpreted the dream of Pharaoh of the famine that was to come on the land. The one that we just read, those Bible verses we just read about storing up in the seven plenteous years and then for the seven years of famine that you'd have enough to eat. Yeah, that. Because that has no biblical application to today's day and age, right? Nah, not at all. Of course not. That was way long ago. <laughs> How's that apply? He instructed them to store seven years of grain and wheat. You see Genesis 41, 35, and 36. Was Joseph a man of fear by reason of being a prepper? Wonderful point, Leslie, who sent this to me. Another thing, as soon as I read that, this Bible verse came into my head. Hebrews eleven seven, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, meaning he couldn't see it yet. He didn't know what was coming. He didn't know that flood was was coming he was just told to build this big ark being warned of god of things not seen as yet moved with fear the fear was the fear of god though the fear was the fear of not doing what god's telling you to do and suffering the consequences he was moved with fear noah was Joseph moved with fear? I guarantee you he was too. Fear of God prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Oh, that's wicked. How dare he do that? He was moved. He was fear. He was fear-based. Can't believe he did that to save his own house. Well, had he not done it, I mean, I'm not saying God couldn't have done it a different way, but this was literally God hitting the reset button for all of humanity 
and all the nephilim that were on the earth and all the animals because everything had been so defiled by the fallen angels procreating with women prepared an ark to the saving of his house by with which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness which is by faith because without faith it is impossible to please god god he was told this by god he had faith in god he was moved with fear and he built the ark and thank god he did Here's my recommended protocol for the coronavirus. It's the same one I've been putting out, but I add a little more to it just about every week. I added the part on, you know, how many bottles should I get if I have certain members of my family, this type of stuff. Um, I did get some more silver in, but I'll be honest, it's it's not, there's no way if I can continue to ship orders, this is going to last to the end of the month. You're, you're going to um, have to just go directly to the um, DR dr johnson dr hyphen johnson.com website to order it they're producing it as fast as they can make it from what i've been told um and um because there's such a huge demand right now now if you are using it for lung infections the guy talked about nebulizing you use 100 part per million but like i said i've used 500 and not suffered any consequences so mm -hmm. They have to put that up there for FDA purposes. 100 part per million of vial mouse over protein directly into the lung fields for three to four minutes. I don't have any recommendations on nebulizers. Just one that has like the thing that goes over your your nose and your mouth. Uh, I have never, ever, ever been more buried with inquiries and orders. Uh, my time is non-existent at this point. Non-existent. I, I, for me to even do this study this weekend is so hard because I know I'm going to be buried. Just taking this one day. I, granted i can't ship anything out and hey if if interstate if this stuff is um goes like they say i'm you know might not be able to ship anything pretty soon i don't know and i'm not claiming a cure for anything but i will say this is what i would do in the situation you know i can say that much and i have a disclaimer here in that i'm not i, I don't know what he was claiming jim baker going up to claiming cure you can't claim a cure for anything in today's day and age unless you're the doctor with the white coat coat and the magic prescription pad so I'm not claiming that. I'm just saying this is what I do. I tell you how to dilute it from 5,000. I, I give you the, the protocol for sinus infection, for ear infections, for pink eye. Um, all of that you can do if you feel the symptoms coming on. I do all of this. Lung, sinus, however you can get it in the body because it will all absorb into the body, through the ears, through the eyes, through the nose, through the lung fields, taking it orally. It'll all absorb in that way. And if you're already doing the vitamin C, let's say if you think, feel like you've been exposed every two hours, at least a couple thousand milligrams if you're an adult, doing some zinc, some selenium, some D3, some calcium. If you're doing all that stuff and you're doing the silver, I mean, I, it's what I do. It's all I'm saying. Can't claim a cure for anything, but, you know, <laughs> gotten some really good testimonies over the years on this. <laughs> so. Here's an invive uh, mild silver chosen dosing chart for children and babies. I'm putting it, I'm adding this into the protocol. Okay. And then here's all my other recommendations on the products I carry, which I, some of them I don't have right now. I'm, I'm ordering sometimes every night. Sometimes I'm ordering two times, three times a day. It's hard. It's really, really tough to keep up with all this. I'm doing everything on my, Taylor's helping me out some now thank god but she was tied up before and now she's been able to help me some but 
Um, the vitamin C, the zinc, calcium, the children's line I carry, the D3. And then here's a big section on calcium and D3, what it does for your immune system. And then the multivitamins that I carry, which are also really good. Now, um, okay, let's go further. I'm going to try to squish this all into one teaching. Rockefeller medicine, history of how natural medicine was removed. Okay, this is really interesting, and I have mentioned this before. We've known for the last 50 years that the American medical system is broke. People are sick, and they're getting sicker. What many of us don't realize is that this system of healthcare that we have was created almost solely by one man, John D. Rockefeller. And a lot of people don't realize that the way we feel... You ever see pictures of John D. Rockefeller? If you haven't, just Google, like, don't Google it. Do DuckDuckGo or some private search engine. But, I mean, you talk about just evil personified. Just his visage, his image. I mean, the guy could not have hardly looked any more demon-possessed to the toenails if he tried. Okay, so... Oh yeah, he's Mr. Burns on the Simpsons. One man decision. We've gone so far away from being healthy that many of us have forgotten what it's like and what normal healthcare system is about. I feel like it's important that we pull back the veil on how this system got started so that you too can know the truth. A hundred years ago, America was buzzing with healers, like homeopathic physicians, naturopaths, herbologists, body workers like chiropractic and osteopathic physicians. Patients had a choice. They had a choice to use allopathic doctors or natural healers, and the two professions had ongoing debates. Allopathic doctors referred to themselves as heroic and believed it was their job to aggressively drive disease from the body. They based their practices on what they considered scientific, but most people had a natural mistrust of this scientific medicine because their techniques involved. He's there showing all these things that they were advertising back in the day, asthma cigarettes. Okay. I mean, you should see the, the ads for cigarettes back in the day. I mean, you know, my doctor smokes camels because he says it's good for your health. I smoke two packs a day and it helps my health. I mean, it was so insane what they were pushing back then, but people didn't know any better. Okay. Here's another one. Cocaine toothache drops. They had those. Do you realize Coca-Cola used to have cocaine in it? That's why it's called Coca-Cola, because they derived it from the coca leaves. They derived a, a big portion of, yeah, it made you feel good too, man. Oh boy, ready to face the day. Get your little cocaine dose in for the day and go conquer the day. Here's cocaine toothache drops. Instantaneous cure. Yeah. Price 15 cents. Prepared by Lloyd Manufacturing Company. Hudson Avenue, Albany, New York. For sale by all druggists. And now also, I will say this. Up until the Food and Drug Administration takeover, and I documented this in my in my um, my video presentation on colloidal silver on mild, mild silver protein. Up until the Food and Drug Administration that occurred, I think it was 1938. It was very common if you went into a pharmacy back then, they would prescribe you mild silver protein, which is what Invive is. Okay. The Invive mild silver protein. It's not just a standard colloidal silver. It's a mild silver protein. They would prescribe it, but the problem was back then they couldn't. They didn't have a way to stabilize it. Like Invive found out, which is really this 
God showed the guy how to do it, how to stabilize it. So what would have to happen is you'd go into the pharmacist and he would and he would compound it right there, but um, it was only good for like a week or two because it would start falling out of solution because it was so much more dense than than um, than just straight like colloidal silver that was like twenty part per million. I mean, it was it was a lot stronger. It was more of a pharmaceutical preparation. It worked, and you could get it from pharmacists, um, but it was one of those things where um, that was a common practice up until 1938, the Food and Drug Administration. And then at that point, because they realized they really couldn't put a patent on the silver and it was actually curing stuff and they had no interest in curing stuff, that is the exact same time they brought in antibiotics because they knew the antibiotics, once you went on them, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really annihilate your own immune system. It's going to destroy all the flora in your intestines. And therefore, you're going to be a reoccurring customer. The women are going to get reoccurring yeast infections. So will the men because it, candida gets into the bloodstream. I know I've seen it over and over in live blood cell analysis, which I used to do in my clinics back in the 90s. you got this flocculating groups of candida in the blood. All of us pretty much have it unless we're knocking the candida colonies down. Okay. Um, they are, um, it was commonly prescribed. At that point, I get into that. If you go to dr hyphen symbol Johnson, okay, the hyphen symbol is like a dash, doctor hyphen Johnson.com, and you can click on my little presentation there on the history of colloidal silver, essentially. But in 1938, the Food and Drug Administration came in, and then silver fell out of favor. They stopped prescribing it. And I had old-timers come up to me and tell me, yeah, that's all true. I can remember going and getting it when I was a little kid. Old-timers told me that. Um, and then antibiotics, the modern-day era of antibiotics started coming in. And that's what they were pushing. That's, when it, that's how it all happened. It's like bloodletting, tobacco enemas, and barbiturates for sleep. At the turn of the century, bloodletting, that's a good one. Pathic doctors, default medicine was something called the blue pill. I'm pretty sure they did that to George Washington right before he died of Quincy. I had Quincy. And I'm telling you, that is, that was the closest I ever came to dying from anything physical. Quincy is what killed George Washington. I had it when I was a little kid. I, you, you talk about sore throat. That doesn't even... I mean, I've never been so close to death in my life, that stuff, you know? So I, I know what that is, and I'm pretty sure they were doing bloodletting on him right, bef right before he died. Which we know today contains 33% toxic mercury, and it was frequently prescribed for almost all conditions and things like tuberculosis, constipation, oh, toxic mercury. And there's default medicine was tobacco enemas and barbiturates for sleep. At the turn of the century, allopathic doctors' default medicine was something called the blue pill, which we know today contains 33% toxic mercury. And it was okay, that's what I wanted to make sure you heard, the bl this blue pill that contained toxic mercury. Um, well, it's just like they put mercury in vaccines. And there's no even established low level of mercury that they've ever established that's actually safe to be exposed to. But you're going to use this unbelievably neurotoxic substance in pills and in vaccines it's, it's total insanity frequently prescribed for almost all conditions and things like tuberculosis constipation 
toothaches, parasitic infections, childbirth, you name it. Ironically, Rockefeller, like most people, they flatly refused medicine, and his own personal physician was a homeopathic physician. On the flip side were empiric healers, or holistic healers. Empiric means to treat based on observation and experience. They believe in stimulating the body's own healing capabilities. They use herbs, homeopathy, manual manipulation, vegetable products, diet, and other such natural treatments. Manual manipulation, he showed a picture of a chiropractor, which is what I am. Um, and I specialized in the clinical nutrition before I even became a doctor back in 93. So I incorporated all of this together like the healers of old tended to do. More of the healers of old. And I'm not saying that to whatever. I'm just saying that I tried, I, I, I saw the wisdom that um, the guy that started Standard Process, that founded it, was a dentist, Royal Lee, that saw all of the, <clears throat> who's starting to get all these patients in that had these glaring nutritional deficiencies that were relating to the teeth. And that he found that when he, he started giving them certain supplementation, their teeth would come back. And this is around the same time of like mass food production and things of this nature. And they would denature things and they would, they would um, like bleached white flour and you take out all the, all the good things, the, the wheat germ and all that stuff from the flour. And yes, a lot of it helped with, you know, like the, um, the, the, where there was diseases were very prevalent because they had bad sanitation. And yes, when you can can something and superheat it, you're probably going to spread the, um, you're going to prevent the, the spreading of diseases and things of this nature because it's going to be more sanitary, but the food is going to have no nutritional value. So he was starting to see all the stuff in his own dentistry practice reflected in his patients that were coming in. And that's why he started Standard Process. And um, just based on that alone. They base their treatments on careful recorded observations that are often passed through generations of wise humans. The balance of physicians, allopathic and holistic, <clears throat> remained pretty equal through most of American history until, enter, John D. Rockefeller. His dark intentions of... Now remember, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? What was the foundation of the modern-day medical industry? Well, he's getting into that. Uh, I'll probably add some more to this, but we'll see what he has to say. Profit cloaked in philanthropy is what grew the medical system that we have today, along with the nonprofit industrial complex. Rockefeller, in 1892, hired a man named Simon Flexner as the director of his Institute of Medical Research. Simon influenced his brother Abraham Flexner to write a report to be presented to Congress under the auspices of the Carnegie Foundation. The point of this- These are all high level Illuminati. Carnegie, these people, Rockefellers, these are all people that, that want to control and destroy and dumb down the masses and ultimately kill off humanity, okay? These, these are high level Luciferians of the, Lu, of the Luciferian Illuminati bloodlines. Okay, so it's like Satan going to Satan and saying, okay, well, what kind of remedy can we, can we get here, Satan? I mean, what's, what's the best for humanity? Part was to mold the medical system in this country to favor their plan to sell snake oil. He used the Carnegie Foundation, a philanthropic organization, as a front 
since he needed a layer of deniability between his direct interests and the new system of healthcare that he was rigging. It's important to note that Abraham Flexer was not a medical doctor, a scientist, a teacher, or a med medical educator of any kind. In fact, he was a preacher, making him completely unauthorized to write such a report. In this report, his goal was to categorize what he believed was scientific and unscientific. And in 1910, the Flexner Report disseminated the falsehoods under the guise of science and ruthlessly slandered all quote unquote unscientific methods of healing. These included homeopathy, nutrition, manipulation of the body by chiropractors and osteopaths, electromagnetic therapy, acupuncture, nutrition. They've been just trying to destroy chiropractic ever since its inception, you know, in the late 1800s when D.D. Palmer delivered the first chiropractic adjustment to um, the guy that um, was, I believe it was his, um, he was a black gentleman that was, uh, I think he was like the caretaker there, and he actually adjusted his mid-back, and the guy got his hearing back from a chiropractic adjustment, from his mid-back. Yeah, because we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and things, all things are connected, and you never know when you deliver a chiropractic adjustment what it might affect. That's why when I was in practice, I would adjust like everything, <laughs> just ankles. And I was trained a lot in extremity adjusting because you could get amazing results from doing extremity adjusting, not just adjusting the spine as well. Detoxification, you name it. It was anything that competed with the allopathic drug model. No paradigm of healthcare should be dismissed simply because it competes with any other system. And let me say this also. All chiropractic is is taking a hard bone off a soft nerve. There's no witchcraft involved. There's no nothing. I understand. There's there's people in the new age that that practice chiropractic. I get that, but that doesn't make chiropractic in and of itself new age or evil or witchcraft. It doesn't make that. If if you, I mean, if you had your knuckle out of place and you pulled on your knuckle and it went back in position, is that witchcraft? Well, that's essentially what chiropractic is. Okay. Let's say you had your knuckle dislocated. Okay. Well, okay, you pull you pull on your hand and the knuckle realigns, okay? That's what chiropractic is. It's just that they're dealing with it typically on a smaller level. Instead of a dislocated joint, they're called subluxated joints. They're minor misalignments of the bones of the skeletal system or the spine that cause nervous interference and they can cause pain and they can cause degeneration and it can interfere with the nervous system, especially if they're in the spine. So all the chiropractors coming along and doing is, is taking a hard bone off a soft nerve, realigning those joints, and what that will allow the body to do is heal itself. Because a lot of times, if the joint is out of alignment, it inhibits the nerve flow coming from the spine going to wherever those nerves end up. Those nerves in like the upper part of your back go to the heart, well then the heart isn't going to work right if you've got subluxations in the upper part of your um, thoracic region or your, your mid-back, upper part of that. Those innervate like the heart area and the lungs and things of this nature. So you can have major impacts on organ systems in the body just by giving a chiropractic adjustment. My biggest thing is when I was in practice, what I was seeing is because there were so many nutritional deficiencies like Royal Lee saw, I found that if I put my patient on, a, on some type of manganese-based product, manganese, not magnesium, and they weren't holding their adjustments, they would start holding their adjustments within a very short period of time if I put them on that. So when I was in practice, I had hundreds of patients I didn't see that much because I'd put them on the manganese product and they'd start holding their adjustments. 
and they didn't need to come see me near as often. Problem is, that's not really taught in chiropractic college, kind of for the same reason that you know, they, they want the reoccurring revenue deep down. Now, a lot of them don't know. Most of the chiropractors don't know this. It's not taught in college. It's never been told to them. But I'm telling you right now, if the chiropractors implemented what I just said, some type of manganese-based joint product, they would probably have a lot less business, but you would also be, I think, a lot more right-standing with God from that standpoint because you would actually be helping to fix the problem. Somebody's low in manganese, they'll just keep coming back over and over and over, and it never ends. And that's why chiropractic a lot of times will get a bad rap. And most of the time, a chiropractor has no clue why they're having to come back other than, well, your joints are loose and maybe you had previous injury and stuff like that. So I just want to throw that in. Each form of healthcare, each new discovery, each thing that we're working through must be based solely on its ability to get results. This is the basis of objective science, of observation, and of human advancements. But in response, Rockefeller, who knew a thing or two about monopolies, infamously quipped, no, competition is sin, and he sought to monopolize medicine. Medicine, even today, is not really based so on... So, the competition he was getting from alternative health, okay, the naturopaths, the homeopaths, the, the people that, back then they really didn't have a lot of clinical nutrition, but those, the natural healers, the chiropractors, that's a sin. To him but but when that's a sin to satan is what he's saying so he wants to eliminate and demonize all the competition that is the that is the foundation of the modern day medical system that and what ended up happening is is rockefeller was an agent for rothschild rothschild the same rothschild that owns donald trump lock stock and barrel and has bailed him out of numerous bankruptcies okay well well easily documented and i've documented that over and over about donald trump same rock rothschilds went to rockefeller used him as an agent in the united states and he went to all the the um, major medical colleges at the time i don't know exactly the year but around uh it was early you know 1900s or whatever and they went to all the medical colleges that were kind of in disrepair and they were really kind of a lot of them weren't doing that great and they offered them all a suitcase full of money. And they essentially told them, they're like, well, <clears throat> would you like this money? And the medical colleges were like, yeah, yeah, what do we got to do? And they're like, oh, no, it's not that big of a deal. But from this point forward, we're going to help you design curriculum. And all of the diseases that you're treating are going to start being treated with some pharmaceutical-based chemical. They're not going to treat them naturally if you were at all before. You're going to have totally new protocols. We're going to help revamp all of your colleges and redesign your curriculum. And every single malady that could happen is going to have some kind of pharmaceutical, chemical, pharmacia-based treatment. It's not going to get rid of the problem. Typically, most of the time, it's going to be a Band-Aid. And then those pharmaceuticals they knew had side effects that will have to be covered up with more pharmaceuticals and more pharma. And, you know, you see what we have today people on 20 different meds so this is the logical conclusion of where that system ends up ig farben had a lot to do with this as well they were the chemical conglomerate that was the driving monetary force behind adolf hitler okay hitler was a failed house painter he would not have come to power lest he had the nod of high level illuminati people and 
conglomerate corporations like IG Farben, that money behind him. That was how they got the propaganda literature out. That's where they made all the Nazi flags, all the Nazi uniforms, how they had all the Nazi regalia everywhere that was dazzling everybody. They, I'm sure they dominated all forms of ways to get out that Nazi message. Well, that was the money behind Hitler. And IG Farben, after the World War II, had to like go low-key, okay? And they split into three different companies. BASF, Bayer, and oh, TDK, I believe, okay? Bear Aspirin. Bear, the same Bear Aspirin that just bought Monsatino, okay? I could do probably a four-hour study on this. We talked about this. But they were in, their, their money was integrally tied into revamping these colleges because they were a chemical company. They produced chemicals. And IG Farben kept doing that just through different companies. And even before the, the war happened, they were doing it and making pharmaceuticals that were being introduced into these hospitals and introduced into the medical colleges. And this is where their training started to just become totally pharmaceutical based. Didn't fix a thing created side effects but it kept you locked into the system and what it created was reoccurring revenue that really never ended until the patient died so that's why i'm, I'm a little bit passionate about the subject science even though this is what they constantly tell us heart disease the most studied of all scientific medical disciplines according to the journal of american medical station only 11 percent of the drugs and procedures that we do for heart disease is actually based on science Yet our country is spending over a hundred billion on heart surgeries alone. Medicare is spending forty. When, when most of the time they're getting heart surgeries because they're all plaqued up, all they would have to do. Now, granted, yeah, you want to modify your diet, but oh, the the main thing that you would really want to do is, yes, make sure that your arteries are cleaned out. The best, most effective way to do that is IV chelation. Okay, intravenous chelation. That's it. They could do, if, if the medical system was doing that over, they would, I mean, people would, it would be eliminating so many heart surgeries across the country that you would see that just plummet that, that happened. But no, 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 it's way better if we do the angioplasty or open heart surgery or wait till it gets so bad enough that they have a massive heart attack and either die or then we have to go in and do open heart surgery. Most of that's from plaquing the arteries most of the time. Or at least it's a large component. They're also not feeding the heart with any of the cofactors that the heart needs to survive. They're not talking about that at all. No, just take these these pharmaceuticals which deplete all your internal neurochemistry to the point when you've, you've got to get heart. Or take statin drugs because what that does is it stops all CoQ10 production. you got to have CoQ, CoQ10 production in the body in order for the heart to work properly. So let's take a statin drug, beat the cholesterol down, which will then make you go nuts because you have to have cholesterol in order to make hormones, okay? You don't have enough cholesterol, you go crazy. Well, yeah, you put them on statins, then they go nuts, then you got to put them on Prozac because they're go they just went nuts. It's, it's a, all a big racket. And then what they do is they keep lowering the cholesterol numbers. It used to be like 280 was okay, then they lowered it to like 250, and then 200, then 180, and then 160. I don't even know what it's at now. You have to have cholesterol in order to be sane, in order to make hormones. The sterile portion of the cholesterol is how we make all hormones in the body. And you have to have a fully functioning liver to make all that happen. All happens in the liver. The liver does thousands of different things, okay? So they do everything they can do to gum up the liver, 
to shut down CoQ10 production, to make sure you're not modifying your diet. They say, oh, eat things like margarine and, and hydrogenated fats, which plaque you up. Stay away from saturated fats, which is like red meat and those types of things, because that's what's doing it. No, it's not. Egg yolks. Don't eat the, all the things that are healthy you're supposed to eat. Now, granted, you should eat organic if you can, but it's all, they, they just tell you pure lies. Pure lies, essentially. And that's what you get with the medical, they, they get, Literally every medical doctor, this is a well-known fact, they get zero to three hours of actual nutritional training, if they get any at all, in their whole career, okay? So they know nothing about how the human body actually works. They just know how to prescribe a drug and whatever. And yeah, I'm not saying they're not good at surgery. I'm not saying that they're not great at emergency medicine. Great, wonderful. But you cannot drug your body into good health at the end of the day. You can't do it. It's pharmakia. It's what the root word for sorcery is based out of in the Bible. That's where we get the pharm pharmakia in the King James. It just translates sorcery. Okay? It's where we get the word pharmaceuticals and pharmacy in that. It's witchcraft at, the, at, its, at, at its highest level. It's witchcraft. Billion on blood pressure medications and another 29 billion on cholesterol medications. Despite the fact that there's very little valid scientific studies proving the long-term benefit. According to WebMD, the cost of cardiovascular disease in the United States is $444 billion. So if only 11% of $444 billion is based in hard science, maybe we should abandon the rest. If we subtracted this, that would leave us $396 billion in our collective pockets that we're wasting on unscientific medical treatments. Okay, so, and again, just to interject, he, he brought up cholesterol again. I have a, uh, a seven-page Word doc that I put out. And the first report in it is statins, which is, you know, the Lipitor and the, the statin, the cholesterol-lowering meds, stimulate, they stimulate arteriosclerosis, which is plaque in the arteries, and heart failure. Now, the heart failure is from, because... The word statin means to stop. It stops all CoQ10 production. That by itself, you're setting, you up for, setting yourself up for a massive heart attack. Okay? Arteriosclerosis, plaque in the arteries. As you become more and more plaqued, there's, the, it narrows the passage and the arteries harden and the, the, the heart has to pump harder in order to get the blood through that narrow passage. That's why your blood pressure goes up. It's a compensatory mechanism. So what they'll do then is they'll give you meds to lower the blood pressure, but the body knows what it's doing. Okay? And, but you're, you're, you're saying, no, body, you're stupid. I'm going to take this med to lower my blood pressure. When you need to look at the reasons why the blood pressure was increasing to begin with. So any, anyway, this is, this is on this. And then there's a book called the great cholesterol con by Malcolm Kendrick, the truth about what really causes heart disease and how to avoid it. There's that book. Um, it gets into all the, the different fats and, and fiber and um, fish oils and things like that, which are really good for the heart. And um, then there's another book. Yeah, this is one of the main ones. It's called The um, the Cholesterol Myth by Yufi Ravenstov. He's an MD and a PhD, okay? And he wrote a whole book on this, The Cholesterol Myth. That's one of the best ones from what I've seen out there tells all about all the different aspects of what we're just talking about here okay i don't have any time to, to talk about that at this point but i want you to be aware of it because it's 
such a scam. This is heart disease alone. There was even less scientific validity a hundred years ago when fabricating the Flexner Report. The Flexner Report was nothing more than a smear campaign and pure propaganda. But holy moly, what a killer propaganda offensive. Its effectiveness was no less than a triumph for Rockefeller. You see, Rockefeller was not a popular name at the time. His reputation of cutthroat business tactics and penny-pinching methods did not favor him with the general public. This is why he had to use a front. The front happened to be the Carnegie Foundation. Through this philanthropic front of giving to this foundation, Rockefeller, with the help of Carnegie, donated $600 million in today's money, tax-free, to medical schools that met the criteria of the little-known but incredibly impactful Flexner Report. After the Flexner Report came out, the number of health schools in this country, it, it dropped from 189 to 31 almost overnight. And each of these 31 schools focused its health efforts only on getting drugs, doing procedures, and long hospital stays. They were the ones that didn't take the money. Okay? The ones that didn't want to take the money, they, they were... I don't know how they were forced out, but they probably, um, you know, there were other things, pressures applied to them. But yeah. Any university not using the methods condoned by the Flexner Report was censored, and many of them shut down. The remaining schools had to follow the new curriculum set in place, which stated that anything other than drugs and surgery was tantamount to quackery. In addition, the medical students of the day were taught not to associate with anyone that did not follow the allopathic practice of medicine. During this bleak and sad... Which is prescribing chemicals, which is, we first got the chemicals from IG Farben, the main driving force behind Hitler. That was where the pharmaceuticals first came from, way, going way, way back. But some pharmaceutical chemical cure, chemical treatment for every single little malady, that was when... And that was reoccurring revenue. That was not only reoccurring revenue, but knowing that they're going to produce side effects that are going to, you're going to have to take more chemicals or more pharmaceuticals in order to contract, contra, um, in order to deal with the side effects of the one medication you're taking. In America, chiropractors, homeopathists, and many of the great healers were frequently jailed for practicing medicine without a license. For the next 20 years, the Rockefellers sought to begin to start or get controlling interest in almost all the major drug companies in the world. He then went on to stack the FDA with his own men, ensuring rubber stamp approval for all his pharmaceuticals. He controlled the legislative bodies that licensed his schools, doctors, and hospitals. And he used his wealth to push through laws that eliminated any competition. This ensured that the pharmaceutical companies supplied the whole nation's medicine. This began the modern medical system we know today. Medicine, because of Rockefeller, was corporatized into an extremely well-oiled machine, making the machine profit Rockefeller and pharmaceuticals. And Rockefeller controlled most of these pharmaceutical companies. So let's examine the path we take when we choose Rockefeller medicine. When we get sick, we go to a doctor. We see the diplomas on their walls and we assume that they know what they're talking about. They continue to lead us down this path. They give us drugs, surgery, procedures, never telling us what the other option is. We continue along this zombie path, 
Hospitals and doctors direct all their patients down this path. It becomes crowded with people shambling along in poor health. The majority of us are well past the tipping point of ever regaining our full health when we realize that this path actually makes us sicker. The lucky few of us that have the opportunity to look around before our health completely fails us become completely horrified by the poor health results and the high casualty rate that medicine has. How long do we walk down the path in the wrong direction? How long do we continue in the wrong way? How long do we pursue the same cures for heart disease and cancer that have not worked for the last 50 years? When do we turn around? When do we choose the right path? Yet Chemotherapy originally, and I'm not 100% sure what it is now, but it was originally leftover mustard gas from World War II, or World War I. Yes. Yeah, that was what it was. It was well known. I mean, you know, just annihilate, you know, yourself with this totally horrible chemical that was designed to kill people in battle. You know, mustard gas, one of the worst ways you could die. But, you know, that's the modern day medical. It's, it's barbaric. It is absolutely satanic at its core. But yet, they're the ones that are, are the real doctors. See, I'm an O doctor. I've said this before. And that's when you go to a party and you tell people you're a chiropractor and they say, oh, <laughs> not as much anymore. Okay. Used to be worse, but you know, to be quite honest with you, if you're, a, if you're a chiropractor, you're kind of a renegade, you know, you're kind of a renegade because you've seen kind of the light on this. And I feel like that I carried that same renegade spirit into my Christianity where I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm look, I'm seeing all this bad stuff i knew vaccines were bad when i was a chiropractor and then i got saved and then i'm like okay what's going and then i realized that a lot of stuff going on in christianity there was a lot of garbage there too just like there was all this demonization of chiropractic and all this promotion of vaccines i just carried that on with my christianity i i've, I've had this that type of it, again it's i'm just trying to pursue truth and righteousness and um i think pretty much anybody into alternative health and i know there's a lot of new agers into it but there but there's that element of them where they they identify that and they identify a lot of the things that are wrong with the medical profession incorrect path is continuously reinforced the medical system steers almost all of us towards it in an astounding political coup the system is now expandizing the socialized form of medicine we knew this system was broken 30 years ago why do we keep doubling down? Now with Obamacare, we all have even more access to drugs, surgery, and hospitalizations. Those who attempt to defy the system, those who say, I'm going to choose a different path, those who reject the pharmaceutical medications and say, I want real healing, we are in direct opposition to this form of medicine. As practitioners, we're, we're attacked by the state boards. We're told that our methods are not medically necessary and we're pushed out of the media. I know because I am a direct victim of their attacks. But I'm prepared to accept those retributions to try to promote the truth. The truth being that we can heal ourselves. I'm compelled to teach people the knowledge of healing that's been passed down from wonderful physicians throughout history. The problems, they're easy to point out. It's the solutions that are more difficult and we must focus on providing safe and effective cures using nature and her wonderful tools. If you're ready to change paths, 
and ready to go back down the path less traveled by, if you're ready for the truth and you're ready to heal yourself and you want the answers, I will bring them. Continue to watch. Okay, so we have that, and that's really good synopsis of a lot of different things I've kind of mentioned over the years. Now I'm gonna, ha I wanted to get this all done in two parts. I'm gonna have to do another part here because I'm way over on time. So God bless you, and we will see you in part three.